Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Busy time, busy couple of weeks, NFL free agency, March Madness, my bracket sucks. My bracket is absolutely horrendous. It's the worst bracket anyone has made of all time in the history of the earth. It is so bad. I had Illinois winning it all. I had Iowa making it to the final. I had um, Texas also making it to the final four. Everything, I think, I think I have four games left. We're two rounds in. I have four games left that I could predict correctly the winner. Everything else is an automatic loss. It's the worst bracket I've ever made. I think I won my bracket challenge in 2017, and ever since then I've just been on like a bracket challenge hangover. So, yeah, it's tough, tough situation, tough year for my bracket. And I was in a survivor league. I was out day one of that as well. Pick Purdue, first round. Why? I don't know. Probably because I'm an idiot. But just glad the tournament's back, to be honest with you, after not having it last year. Great working from home because, like, these games are on at, like, noon on a Thursday. So that's pretty cool. Or on a Friday this year, excuse me. And then they're on, um, they were on noon yesterday, on Monday, the second round. So it's cool to just, like, be home and watch these games. But, yeah, bracket sucks. That aspect of it is not great this year. But to make up for it, we have some great news out of East Rutherford, meaning the Giants' free agency moves, the big moves, the big spending that they've done on the last couple days, last week or so. And I want to start with the fact that I like to preach the idea that you're allowed to criticize Dave Gettleman for his bad decisions and then praise him for his good ones. Like, you can do that. That's allowed. Like, we're allowed to, you know, not like when he makes bad decisions and then vice versa. That's okay. And right now, I'm going to criticize him a little bit before I get to the praising. Because the Dalvin Tomlinson situation is obviously tough. Giants knew it was going to be tough to bring back both Leonard Williams and Dalvin Tomlinson. Obviously, the organization favored a... uh, Williams re-signing over Tomlinson re-signing. So Tomlinson left to sign a two-year deal with the Vikings. And Dave Gettleman screwed this situation up because he should have extended Tomlinson's contract last year. It's not like Tomlinson had a breakout season and it just so happened to be in a contract year. And, uh, you know, he, he hit free agency and got picked up by another team. Tomlinson has been a valuable piece of this organization and valuable piece of this defense for quite some time. Through multiple coaching staffs, through multiple defensive coordinators, he has stepped up and been a valuable asset to this defense. The Giants should have, thus having said that, the Giants should have extended him last year. Waiting until this year to do so, to potentially extend him, provided either side with a shorter time frame to get a deal done in an offseason in which Tomlinson was probably more expensive than he would have been last year, also in an offseason in which the Giants didn't have the most amount of cap space in the world, and the cap was down. 
due to the loss in revenue this past year for the league. So that was a tough situation. I mean, you know, props to Tomlinson on the new deal. Good luck in the Twin Cities. He's the most, he is one of the most underrated players in the entire NFL. No doubt. Which is why the Giants should have extended his contract last year. And why I'm criticizing Dave Gettleman for not doing so. I don't know why they didn't, but, you know, can't go back on it now. But let's get to some praising. Because entering this free agency, this has been, by the way, this has been a mostly excellent week from Dave Gettleman and his front office. And the reason for that is because the Giants entered the free agency period with two major goals. Resign Leonard Williams and acquire a number one receiver. You could go back and forth on which one was more important, but regardless, those were the two main priorities for this organization during this year's free agency period. And with limited cap space, in a year in which the cap was down, they were able to get both done. First, re-signing Leonard Williams. Three-year, $63 million deal, $45 million guaranteed. Giants obviously franchise tagged him earlier this offseason. And that was always going to be a placeholder to get a long-term deal done. The Giants did not want to risk him hitting free agency. Uh, so they franchise tagged him in order to get a deal done, which they did. Uh, Leonard Williams is now one of the highest paid at his position in the league. The annual salary of $21 million is second among, or the average annual salary of $21 million is tied for second among interior defensive linemen, tied with um, uh, DeForest Buckner of the Colts. And the $45 million guaranteed is second behind Aaron Donald of the Rams, who I believe has a $89 million guaranteed, 86 something like that. It's absurd. It's absolutely absurd what Aaron Donald's getting paid. Um, is this an overpay for Williams? I mean, some people are going to say yes. Some are going to say no. The bottom line is talent is expensive in this league. Talent is seemingly getting more and more expensive every single year. So having said that, you know, what is an overpay anymore and what isn't? Seriously. I mean, what is it? If he's got every single year we see, you know, a, a new guy has got, he, he's, he makes the most amount of money out of his position in NFL history. He signs the most lucrative deal at his position, you know, in NFL history. So what is an overpay and what is it? I, obviously, if you're giving, you know, $63 million to a backup quarterback, yeah, that's an overpay. But it's gone to a point where if you think a guy deserves a certain price tag, he probably deserves that price tag. Like, if you think a player arguably, quote-unquote, deserves a certain amount, he deserves that amount. There's no more arguably. These guys get paid so much money, and they're getting paid more and more every single year. I mean, they gave Patrick Mahomes half a billion dollars. So, I just, you know, if again, if you gave this type of money to a backup quarterback, that's an overpay. But looking at the year Leonard Williams had, I mean, Leonard Williams was a star last year. And he, 11 and a half sacks, led the team with 11 and a half sacks, 30 quarterback hits. He's extremely valuable to this defense right now, and he's only 26. And the reason this deal is so good is that since it's a three-year deal, he can now re-hit the market at 29, which is obviously on the right side of 30. He's a highly talented player. Giants knew they needed to break the bank for him, and so they did. So I don't think this is an overpay. I don't. They needed to bring him back. They needed to 
meet his financial needs and what he was asking for. And they knew they would need to they knew that they had to do that, so they did. And then a couple days later, we get another uh, tidbit of news this past Saturday. Four years, $72 million for Kenny Galladay. Is this an overpay? Again, who knows? These guys get paid so much money. Maybe the Giants could have paid him a couple million dollars less, but they needed a number one receiver. And they knew they had to do what it take. They, they had to do what it took to get that number one receiver. They knew they had to break the bank. So they did. Few extra million? Who cares? They needed a number one guy for Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones' development. And they got one. Galladay has a knack for the end zone. 11 touchdown receptions in 2019. Led the league. That was a Pro Bowl year. Uh, makes the tough catches in traffic. And most importantly, he fills that role of number one receiver that Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton simply cannot. He fills the role that Golden Tate couldn't. Uh, so props for the Giants to get props to the Giants for getting a deal done there as well. And it won't be they. I like the way they structured the contract. I believe it's a five and a half million dollar cap it for Galladay next year, and then after that, it's twenty two million dollars for three straight years. So that's going to be expensive. But you figure out the twenty twenty two cap hit when it's twenty twenty two, and the twenty twenty three cap hit, you know, and so on and so forth. You can't worry about it right now. You structure in a way. Where, you know, if the cap is tight this year, so you don't have to pay, you structure it in a way where you don't have have to pay, um, you don't have to take as big of cap hits this year. And that's what they did. They did that with Williams as well, I believe. Um, So yeah, Giants got the top two goals heading into the free agency period accomplished. Now you could argue the third most important goal of the free agency period was to sign a talented cornerback to perform alongside and compliment James Bradbury. And on Monday, the Giants got that done as well. Agreeing to a three-year deal worth $39 million with Adoree Jackson. It's a great acquisition. He'll start at the other cornerback spot. He's a physical defensive back. Uh, He is coming off an injury, a knee injury, so that's a concern. But, I mean, if the organization is giving him $13 million a year, they must feel confident in him. They must feel confident and him coming off the injury. So he'll I'm hyped for this uh this secondary man. This this defensive backfield is looking great. I mean Dory Jackson, James Bradbury, Pro Bowler, Jarrell Peppers is great, Logan Ryan's great, uh Darney Holmes is hoping to improve in his second year after, you know, a promising rookie season at slot corner. And you still got Xavier McKinney, who I feel some people forget about, but you can't forget about because he's talented. Um, and he's yet to unlock his full potential. Didn't really play much last year because of the injury. And Julian Love, who is a versatile player and has been since he came into the league in 2019. So, uh, yeah, I think they're, they're calling themselves the NYPD, New York Pass Defense. So, I like it. I'm a fan. I think this. I think Patrick Graham is going to have a lot of fun working with this uh, secondary this year. And I really, I, I, I'm liking what they're building right now, really. I, I like this secondary. I think it's um, it's got a lot of talent in it. It's got mostly young talent as well. You know, we're moving on from the Antoine Bethes and the Janoris Jenkins of the world. Now it's, it's you know, that's looking great right now. It's definitely an upgrade from those two names as well as DeAndre Baker. Uh, so yeah, 
Giants have achieved, you know, their top two goals in free agency this year and arguably their third most important goal in the matter of a week. So excellent, excellent, excellent job by Dave Gettleman and this front office. You know, as I said, you could praise it for the good moments, which we're doing right now, and you could criticize them for the bad moments, which we did when they we said they should have extended Tomlinson's contract last year instead of trying to this year, or at least putting themselves in the position where they would have to this year. So the props to Gettleman and that front office for getting those three deals done. Now it's time to win games. Now it's t- there's no excuses. They got the number one receiver. They got Williams back. They got a corner to compliment uh, Bradbury. They got the coaching staff in place. You know, Saquon Barkley's coming back. Hopefully he stays healthy. Now you got to win games. No more excuses. Talent is in and around the roster now. Can't have that excuse anymore where there's no talent. The last two free agency periods were great. Last year with Bradbury and Martinez and Logan Ryan. This year with you know the Leonard Williams news and the Galladay and everything we just talked about. Now it's time to win games. No more excuses. I'm hoping for a division title. Let's see how that goes. Uh, some of the lower level signings the Giants made, I uh, also love, notably the John Ross signing. You mostly, you probably know John Ross from his 40-yard dash in the 2017 NFL Combine, which was an NFL record 4.22 seconds. Yes, he's absurdly fast, and he brings speed to this offense, and he has a ton of upside. He was the Pac-12 player of the year in 2016. He was the number nine overall pick of the Bengals in 2017. Didn't exactly pan out there. That's why he became a free agent. They didn't bring him back after his rookie deal expired. Uh, He's got a ton of upside, and he's a low-risk, high-reward player. One year, $2.5 million deal. It's cheap. And, um, yeah, we just got to hope that Jason Garrett can utilize him correctly. Giants also signed a one-year, two-and-a-half million— Giants also got on a one-year, two-and-a-half million dollar deal— was defensive end Ifadi Odenabo, who previously played for the Minnesota Vikings. Another high upside player. Odenabo had 10.5 sacks combined last two years with the Vikings, as Jordan Rodon of ESPN pointed out on Twitter. 10.5 sacks combined over the last two years is more than anyone on the Giants roster besides Leonard Williams. Uh, Odenabo provides depth, could find a concrete role within Graham's defense, we'll see. Uh, and yeah, we'll see how they utilize him. He's a uh, defensive end. Obviously, Graham likes to mix it up. Sometimes runs a 3-4, sometimes runs a 4-3. Who knows? So we'll see if he utilizes Odenabo in a more of a matchup-based, um, as more of a matchup-based role, which he does with a lot of players. So we'll see how that pan out. We'll see how that pans out. The Kyle Rudolph signing, however, is weird to me. I don't consider this. I don't really consider it a low-level signing because Kyle Rudolph's a big name, two-time Pro Bowler, uh, was productive for the Vikings for years, a decade basically. Uh, but they gave him a two-two-year, twelve million dollar contract. He's on the wrong side of thirty, declining skill, and six million dollar average annual salary. When they don't, even, it doesn't even seem like they want him to be the top tight end. It seems you know. They still have a lot of confidence, for some reason, in Evan Engram. I mean, Joe, Ju- Joe Judge loves Evan Engram. Seems that they want him to be the top guy, one of the top offensive weapons. So, you know, I don't know why they're giving Rudolph $6 million a year at this point in his career, especially when he's coming off a knee injury that forced him to miss the last four games of the 2020 season. And, not to mention, as of Tuesday, 
that knee injury may come back to haunt him and the Giants. So apparently they agreed to the deal. They didn't sign the deal yet. After his physical, the medical staff had some concerns with the knee and thought that he may need surgery on it. So that could alter the deal. The deal may be up in the air right now. So if the Giants, if the deal doesn't come to fruition because of this, the Giants would save some, you know, some cap room that they would have otherwise spent on Rudolph. But this is, um, it's a weird situation. We don't know if Rudolph is going to sign this deal because of this whole injury situation. But regardless, I don't like the move anyway. Whether they, whether the deal was affected because of this injury concern um, from his physical, whether it's not, I I don't like this deal. It's $6 million for a guy who's going to be your second tight end. And even if they want, even if they want to utilize him as a blocking tight end, you know, paying him over ten million dollars in a contract doesn't make sense if you want to just use him as a blocking tight end. So I don't know, unless Jason Garrett, Jason Garrett, um, plans to utilize two tight end sets with Angram and Rudolph a number of times throughout every game. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big fan of the signing. I don't love it. I think Rudolph's a great player. Uh, but again, he's declining skill. He's getting older. He's coming off an injury. I just don't see. I just don't see the benefit to a multi-year deal worth that kind of money. I, I don't. I don't like it, and it potentially affects what the Giants do in the first round as well. You know, I don't see them. I, I don't think he'll be available at number eleven overall. But even if he was, you know, even if Kyle Pitts was available at number eleven, I don't see the Giants taking him. If they have Engram and Rudolph and they just brought back Levine Toilolo and <laughs> like who knows what they'll do with Caden Smith. Like I don't see them keeping that many tight ends on the roster. So it uh it, it definitely affects how the Giants, you know, move forward with what they do as far as the draft is concerned in the first round. I don't think there would they would get if if they were to keep Rudolph even after this injury concern, I don't think they are they would take Pitts if he's available at number eleven. Just because the number of tight ends that they employ on the roster. A couple other signings. Giants signed outside linebacker Ryan Anderson, previously played for Washington. Four sacks in 2019, didn't do too much. He'll be a depth piece. Um, Reggie Ragland, uh, linebacker to a one-year deal. Uh, Spent time with the Lions in 2020. 50 combined tackles in 16 games, not bad. And um, yeah, you know, Mike Glennon, obviously, backup quarterbacks. So that means Colt McCoy is on his way out. Uh, Mike Glennon has obviously played for every team, it seems like. He's a veteran journeyman quarterback. He's like a, an Alex Tanney or a Ryan Fitzpatrick. Obviously, he's not as good as Ryan Fitzpatrick is. Ryan Fitzpatrick has actually you know, been a starter here and there. And so is Mike Glennon, but Mike Glennon, I don't think people are comparing Mike Glennon's talent with Ryan Fitzpatrick. At least I'm not. So, But yeah, there you have it. Colin Gillespie, fullback, they signed earlier this offseason. Devontae Booker was a weird deal, two years, $6 million. I don't get that. I guess that, you know, I guess that basically shuts the door on Wayne Gallman coming back, despite the fact that Wayne Gallman has yet to find a team in free agency, which is absurd to me. Wayne Gallman's talented and could find a team easily, and he just hasn't yet. I don't get it. I don't know if he's holding out for more money. I don't know what's going on there. But maybe maybe Wayne Gallman will keep holding out for more money and he eventually has no choice but to come back to the Giants for cheap. That would be cool. Um, I mean, not for for the organization at least, but you get a talented running back back. I mean, I, Gallman obviously impressed when Barkley was hurt all of last year. So 
I'm surprised he hasn't found a team though. I, I just I I don't I don't get that. Him, Todd Gurley hasn't found the team. Um, yeah, there's a there's a couple of free agents that I'm I'm surprised at this point that haven't found new teams. But you know that's what free agency is. Sometimes you don't find uh, your next destination for a while. I mean, look at Marcus Golden last year. Marcus Golden was supposed to have a decent market. And he ended up back in the Giants on an unrestricted free agent tender, which nobody ever heard of, to be honest with you. It was rarely used. And he ended up back with the Giants on a very cheap price, a much cheaper price um, than what he was looking for in a new deal with you know any team that would have picked him up. And the Giants ended up trading him. But now he's back with the uh, now he's back with the Cardinals. So I guess all is well. I guess. But for now, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 68 of the Wide Right Podcast. As always, I am your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and Elite Sports Radio Network. Uh, going to do a podcast. I believe I want to talk about the draft next week is, you know, in regard to the Giants options uh, in the first round. And we'll get into some, you know, mid-round and late-round stuff. But definitely want to talk about the options they have in the first round because the Galladay signing kind of opens it up. But the Jory Jackson signing basically shuts the door on the Giants drafting a corner in the first round. I think they could trade back, but we'll talk about it on uh, the next episode. But for now, thank you so much for tuning in. Follow me on Twitter, at RyanHoneyESNY. That's at RyanHoneyESNY. Listen to and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast on Apple Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, um, Google Podcasts, wherever you you can find your podcasts, uh, wherever you listen to them. And all right, talk to you guys soon. 